You are listening to episode 19 of Stoicism on Fire. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Fisher, welcoming you to the Stoicism on Fire podcast, where the ancient practice of Stoic philosophy as a way of life and rational form of spirituality is still alive. Day 3. Love of Fate. Amour Fatih. What is most important? Being able to endure adversity with a glad mind. To experience whatever happens as though you wanted it to happen to you. For you ought to have wanted it to, if you had known that everything happens according to God's decree. Crying, complaining, and moaning are rebellion. Natural Questions, Book 3, Preface 12. From the perspective provided by the cosmic viewpoint in day two, we can learn to love what happens in our lives. The Stoics propose that we should love all events, even those that appear tragic from our human perspective. Why? Because to do otherwise is rebellion, according to Seneca. It is an act of rebellion against the cosmos because we are claiming more power than we truly have. If we act virtuously, with the intent to have result A, but B is actually what happens instead, then crying, complaining, and moaning about it indicates that we think we have more power than we actually have. As Epictetus teaches, it is a psychologically damaging mistake to assume that we have the power necessary to bring about the end that we seek. Our intention to act is up to us, but our ability to complete the act and the result are beyond our control. This is the primary lesson of the dichotomy of control. The truth is that neither A nor B are completely up to us. Only our thoughts and intentions toward A and B are up to us. Therefore, when a Stoic intends result A and engages in actions to bring that about, they must do so with what is called a reserve clause that acknowledges that fate may not cooperate with our intentions. Obviously, love of fate and the cosmic viewpoint, are interdependent. Together they allow us to aim at an appropriate goal and intend to bring that goal about with the attitude that we will accept and love a different outcome, if that's what happens. That is love of fate. Nevertheless, keep in mind that loving the alternative does not preclude us from going back and attempting our original intention a second, third, fourth, or thousandth time there might be a good reason why it's going to take us numerous attempts in order to achieve what we originally intended. Likewise, what we originally intended may never occur. Marcus Aurelius accepted and loved fate because he trusted in a cosmos that was providentially ordered. He wrote, Providence permeates the works of the gods and the works of fortune are not disassociated from nature, but intertwined and interwoven by all that is ordered by providence. Everything flows from there, but necessity is implicated too, and the benefit of the whole universe of which you are a part. Meditations 2.3 In Meditations 12.24, Marcus tells us how to act in accordance with fate. It says, first, we have to act with a definite aim in accordance with justice. Second, we have to remember that whatever happens to us from outside 
is due either to chance or to providence. In other words, the result is not up to us. Third and finally, that we should neither blame chance nor bring accusations against providence. Interestingly, this attitude toward fate does not result in a fatalistic pessimism among Stoics. The popular character of the Stoic as someone who grins and bears the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune is an unfortunate mischaracterization. Seneca pointed out the difference between the grin and bear it attitude of grudging obedience and the willing obedience to providence. He wrote, No matter which is true, Lucilius, or even if all are true, we must still practice philosophy. Perhaps the inexorable law of fate constrains us. Perhaps God, the universal arbiter, governs all events. Perhaps it is chance that drives human affairs and disrupts them. All the same, it is philosophy that must preserve us. Philosophy will urge us to give willing obedience to God and but a grudging obedience to fortune. It will teach you to follow God, to cope with chance. Letters 16.5 Grudging obedience to fate is a philosophical attitude. However, it is not the Stoic attitude. Marcus Aurelius provides a beautiful expression of the Stoic attitude that comes from willing obedience to a providential cosmos. When he writes in Meditations 4.23, everything suits me that suits your designs, O my universe. Nothing is too early or too late for me that is in your good time. The same attitude is also expressed by Epictetus in Discourses 2.6.10. Quote, But if I, in fact, knew that illness had been decreed for me at this moment by destiny, I would welcome even that. For the foot, too, if it had understanding, would be eager to get spattered with mud. End quote. Contrast the attitude expressed by Seneca, Marcus, and Epictetus with the crying, complaining, and moaning of those who rebel against events they do not like, and you begin to see the true nature of the Stoic attitude toward fate. Stoics did not just grin and bear it. They welcomed and loved all events as if they wanted them to occur. Pierre Hedo describes the Stoic love of fate as follows. Quote, By consenting to the present event, which is happening to me, in which the whole world is implied, I want that which universal reason wants and identify myself with it in my feeling of participation and belonging to the whole, which transcends the limits of individuality, end quote. Fate is a big pill to swallow for many moderns, who believe that they can apply the famous lines from Invictus that read, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul, in order to overcome external obstacles of any kind. The Stoics understood that we are the masters of our thoughts and intentions. However, our ability to act on those intentions and the outcome are simply not up to us. The truth of the matter is this. We are far more constrained and therefore far less free than we often like to admit. We're constrained by time, place of birth, genetics, environment, social circumstances, educational opportunities, etc. We cannot change those facts. They are not up to us. Fortunately, in spite of all those external constraints, there is profound freedom within our thoughts and intentions, and they are up to us. Our moral excellence, our virtue, and the good flow in life that results from that are not constrained by any of the externals listed above. Regardless of whether one is constrained by the lowly circumstances of slavery, as Epictetus was, or the fortunate circumstances of a Roman emperor like Marcus Aurelius, 
Stoicism provides a way of life that can transcend those externals. Yes, we are the dog tied to the cart of fate in the famous Stoic metaphor. However, we do not have to be dragged, yelping and howling, behind that cart. There is a better way. We can choose to follow the cart willingly, toward an excellent life. We can follow the path of the Stoics by adopting a cosmic viewpoint and loving all events that occur. I'm going to challenge you to try the following during some quiet time. First, make a list of all of the apparently bad or tragic events that were significant in your life, and then ask the following about each one of those events. First, in hindsight, do those events seem different than they did at the time? And if so, how? Second, for each of those events, find at least one valuable lesson that you learned or one way in which you are a better person today as a result of that event. Next, if you change your mind about those apparently bad or tragic events in your past and you decide to view them as trials, which provided an opportunity for personal growth and character development, how would your attitude change about those events? And would that new attitude change your life positively? If so, why not try to see those events from a cosmic viewpoint for a while and just see what happens? Try it on. Finally, why not try loving all events that occur in your life for a while and see if it actually makes a difference in your well-being? Again, try it on. Try the attitude of loving those events and just see what happens. Throughout the day, commit yourself to doing the following and pay attention to your mental state as you do so. First, every time you set out to do something, say to yourself, I intend this outcome, fate permitting. This will remind you that the result is not up to you. Then, whatever result may be, whatever may occur, remind yourself the outcome is a moral indifferent to you. And then repeat Marcus's affirmation. Everything suits me that suits your designs, oh my universe. Nothing is too early or too late for me that is in your good time. Thank you for listening to the Stoicism on Fire podcast. If you're interested in this ancient practice of Stoicism, you will find plenty of resources at www.traditionalstoicism.com. If you're interested in a social media environment where this form of Stoicism is discussed, please join us on Facebook in the Traditional Stoicism group. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review on the platform where you listen to this podcast. That tells others this podcast is worth listening to and thereby introduces more people to the ancient spiritual practices of the Stoics. If you have feedback or a great podcast idea for me, send me an email at chris, that's C-H-R-I-S, at traditionalstoicism.com. Until next time, I hope you will continue exploring traditional Stoicism where the cosmos is alive with the meaning and purpose of the divine creative fire of the ancient Stoics. I wish you well and encourage you to keep your practice of Stoicism on fire. Mm-hmm.